0: And welcome back to another episode of Joe and Matt having a chat. As always, I'm joined by my very attractive co-host, Matt. Matt, how are you today?
1: I'm good. It's uh, nice weather outside. It's not warm, but it's sunny. So we'll take that. But yeah, good. Looking forward to today. It'll be different. Again, something different we haven't spoken about. Um, a different kind of sector of sport as well. Something that me and Joe don't really know much about, which would be quite good to learn some stuff. Um, but yeah, so we'll let our guests, talk about yourself a little bit. Um, Imogen, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do.
2: Hello. Well, uh, I'm a professional swimmer. Um, been swimming since I was nine, so quite a long time now, getting on 13 years of swimming. Um, yeah, professional swimmer, so tr- do a lot of training, go to a lot of competitions. Um, no matter what kind of stages they are, go from your little like national league club level competitions to what I've just recently come back from um, which is the international swimming league so that's the professional league um, in swimming.
0: Okay so you said obviously you said you just come back from the ISL and I'd like to talk about that a bit more in a moment but talk us through your training at the moment you said you do quite a lot of training how many swim sessions per week are you doing and how many gym sessions are you doing?
2: Um, so currently at the minute, I'll do around seven to eight swim sessions um, in the pool and four gym sessions. So you're clocking on for the pool. Each session will be around an hour and a half to two hours, depending on what the session consists of. And the gym is probably an hour to an hour and a half. So racking up the hours for weekly training.
0: Yeah, obviously Matt and I have a brief understanding or brief knowledge of training. Uh, but for people that don't know, what with a typical swim session include? Is it just swimming or is there something <laughs> to work through?
2: No I think that's a big uh, big thing when you talk to anyone who's just not swimming related they think we just swim up and down that black line just continuously for two hours like you would probably see in a public session but no it's, every session is very scripted you've got like warm-ups where you do different lengths different meters different types We so would sometimes just use your arms just use your legs different strokes so you'll often have like like you would in any kind of session really a warm-up a little prep set you'd have your main set which is your main focus and then cool down which we call a swim down at the end.
0: And how have you found over the nine years of swimming your training change?
2: (laughs) Massively I mean when you first start off it's just very fun you don't do loads of training I think it started off when I was nine I think I did three sessions a week Um, and then it just gradually gets more and more and I think actually when I'm actually starting to come back down again now now I've found now I'm getting older and I'm a sprint-based swimmer but I used to get, when I was probably 14 to 16, I'd be doing nine, 10 pool sessions a week with my gym as well. Um, So it's kind of at that younger age where you just start to pile in all all your background. So then now when you find your specific event and what's tailored to you, like now I realise I don't need to be in the pool for so long. Um, Here's my main event's 29 seconds.
0: (laughs) So for for those listening, because obviously I'm aware of how quick that is, for those that are listening and for Matt as well, 29 seconds over how many meters? Uh,
2: that's 50 meters breaststroke.
0: And is that at two lengths of the pool?
2: Yeah, so um, the best is 29.4, and that's in a short course pool, which is 25 meters. So that will be two lengths. Um, similarly, we do it long course, which is where you've got the Olympic size 50 meter pool. Um, and my best time for that is 30.0 seconds.
0: So, Matt, you know when you go swimming? <laughs> yeah, no <way. laughs> I remember I used to think doing one length of a 25 meter pool, about 25 seconds was quick.
2: Yeah. That's
0: just one. So you'd be doing, doing two lengths in 29 seconds.
2: Yeah. Yes. <laughs>
0: I mean, that's, that's quick. Yeah. What's, yeah. Again, I know a little bit, but for the people that maybe don't know as much about swimming, what's the current world record for, you say it was 50 meter breaststroke. Uh, yeah.
2: I think for short course, we're down in the twenty eights. I think. 28
1: mid, I think, seconds. Jesus, you're, inch- you're not actually, well, I guess you are, you're just off it really. You're not actually that too far away.
2: Yeah, I mean, in normal time, I'm very close to it, <laughs> like what's probably 0.8, 0.9 of a second in real terms. In swimming terms, it's a fair bit, but I mean, mm-hmm. the girl who holds the world record is an absolute beast. Like, she is my idol. She's kind of untouchable short course. So, um, I mean, that's the aim to get down there, yeah.
0: And and Matt, asked me beforehand, and we'll ask you, who's the female equivalent of Michael Phelps in the water?
2: Oh, and Michael Phelps, probably Katinka Hozu, I would say. Um, Just because, obviously, Michael Phelps got a lot of medals. He's not just, he wasn't ever just good at one event. He'd come away with lots of medals from different events. I'd say the only other person who kind of lives up to that standard, I'd say, is Katinka Hozu. She can... Pretty much jump in the water and swim pretty much any event that's not sprint she'll do 200 back 200 medley 400 medley 200 fly 100 back and come away with some international medal. so yeah
0: and you would have said all those those sounds right yeah you yeah, know yeah,
1: I, I <laughs> um you said obviously like, <laughs> sprint based how many kind of different variations are there in swimming and that sort of thing so like let's say just long distance short distance or is there
2: um I think for training wise, you probably categorize it in that, but you've got the 50 meters, the 100, 200, 400. The 400 only goes up to medley and freestyle, and they've also got an 800 freestyle and a 1500 freestyle. So it, it, it's a whole range, but for your strokes that aren't freestyle and medley, it, there's only a 50 meters, a 100 meters, and a 200 meters.
0: And just to have an what stroke <laughs> is freestyle, or is that anything?
2: Um, I mean, technically, it's anything. I could jump in for a freestyle race and swim it breaststroke if I wanted to, but freestyle is front crawl. It's the fastest one.
0: Okay. Do you ever get anyone that does breaststroke in a freestyle?
2: Um, not really. I mean, if, if you enter a freestyle event, you normally swim it freestyle because you want, like front crawl, because you want to win it. Um, the only times I've done it is if I wanted, <clears throat> say, if I'm a, a week's competition. And my main event, which is the 50 breaststroke, isn't until the back end, but there's a 50 freestyle at the start. I would swim that 50 freestyle breaststroke just to give myself like a practice go before I end up actually doing the event.
1: So no one does doggy paddle or anything like that. That's not a <laughs> <really> recognised one.
2: <laughs> yeah, not typically.
1: <laughs> so you, you said you've been
0: swimming since the age of nine. Have you yeah. been competing since the age of nine?
2: Pretty much, I can't remember. I think my first competition was when I was either ten or eleven, so still pretty young. I think. I mean, you get some swimmers nowadays who have been racing since they're kind of eight or nine. Um, It's a sport I think where you start off quite young, and I was probably on the older side of that. But yeah, I think my first competition was around ten or eleven, and I remember hating it. Like I was crying beforehand, like I didn't like it. But it's just definitely something that you just grow to to love. That's my favourite part about swimming. It's not the hours of slog I put in the pool every day and the gym, it's getting that chance to be able to race is my favorite thing to do.
0: My um, guess is the more the more you do it. So from an earlier age, the more likely you are to be better at it. Is that right?
2: Yeah, I think so. I think it's a balance because you see a lot of people who come through like your junior rank, so that's kind of under 16, and they'll be amazing. And then they come into the like the adult swimming where it's any age goes, and they'll find that they struggle because they've always been like a highlight. They've been like the star child and then they come into like proper racing and they're like nowhere to be seen. So I think it's a balance. Like as me as a junior swimmer, I never went to any like junior GB competitions. Like I wasn't one of the best in the world as a junior. But that, I think, transitioned me nicely through to being um, open age swimming because I never had the expectation of being R. Well, I was the best in the world at 14 to then being a nobody at 18. So definitely is a balance
1: do you get quite nervous before kind of events now still or is there kind of just a bit of a buzz and
2: (laughs) (laughs) still, definitely get nervous 100 um it's more like how i I channel those nerves i think now um don't get me wrong there's some races especially in the past few years um where i can just absolutely dread jumping in like for that race Um, Mm. especially for the 100 meter breaststrokes that's probably my second best event but it's not my favorite it's longer than usual (laughs) I like to do one length not two or if it's short course it's four lengths um but it's definitely just learning to kind of love it um you have to kind of just trick yourself and I think the more you do that the more you just it's just a routine in the end and you just get used to just being able to use the buzz instead
1: you said about routine do you have like a pre-swim routine yourself like So I'd be aware, well, I know footballers do like lucky socks or like shin pads, you have like a...
0: I don't think
1: she's doing that. Like that, but you kind of, you always do just no matter what to kind of prep yourself or mentally switch on.
2: I think so, yeah, like obviously we'll do like a normal race warm-up, we'll get our suit on and then I'll often do like another little like kind of land-based warm-up before I go into call room and that's kind of my time where I switch on, like I'll put my like headphones on and I like do some jumping around, like almost kind of skipping kind of style without a rope and do a lot of explosive jumps. And I think that just really gets me tuned on then. And then <clears throat> when I'm like behind the block, ready to jump in, like I'll always like splash myself with water, give myself a little head nod and a big breath before, before going. Yeah.
0: Have you got a pre-swim song, like your go-to song before you go
2: to <laughs> Oh, I haven't actually. It, it does vary depending on <laughs> what kind of mood I'm in. I think, if I'm nervous, I'll often listen to more of a silly song, like I'll probably put Venga Boys on or something. Um <laughs> just get all the the happy emotions coming. Um, or if I'm ready to really go I'll get, get some something more hardcore a bit of MM, bit of, you know what I mean, Kano on or
0: something. Yes, hypothetically, you make it to, to the Olympics, would you be going for the Venga Boys then or would it be something a bit more serious? It, depend?
2: it depends on the day, I think. Yeah. I mean I think if I was at an Olympic Games, obviously the 50 metre breaststroke isn't at the Olympics. It, um, it's only 100 up at the Olympics. So most likely I'd be nervous. So most likely I'd have a silly song on, yeah.
0: <laughs> what you're saying is that at some point in the future, we could see you at the Olympics, listening to music. And Matt and I and everyone else listening would know that you're listening to the Wenger boys.
2: Yeah, you will. Oh. I look really hardcore as well. I'll be there with like my hood up. looking really cool. And then you'll know what, what music I'm actually listening to. <laughs>
0: so as you said that your main event which is the 50 meter breaststroke isn't at the olympics what's the ne- next best thing in swimming if it's not the olympics
2: um i'd say the world championships essentially is exactly the same swimming like swimming at the olympics is just all the fastest people in the world which is exactly what the world championships is it's just just for swimming rather than it being a full games so they've got every other sport going on um Also like the ISL really, Um, although that's a short course event, you've still got the fastest people in the world there. Um, That's why I'm like, I love going to the ISL because I've never been to Olympic Games or World Championships, yet I get to stand and race the fastest girls that I've ever stepped foot on in history. Um, You know, I think I'm ranked fifth in the world. Last time I checked I was ranked fifth in the world, but I've never gone to World Championships to like, be placed that I've never been able to race for that position. That's why I love the ISL because I get that chance to see like see who's behind the ranked numbers and stuff like that. So it's really fun.
0: So is your your preferred event at the world championships?
2: Yeah. Yeah. So all like all the events are at the world championships. You've got all the 50s for all the different strokes and all the distances.
0: And how far off do you think you are from getting to those world championships?
2: Um, I mean that's just done on a qualification basis. So when it's the year of World Championships, British Women All Post, um, how to qualify. And then it's kind of up to them, really. Um, a lot of the times you don't get a qualification time just for the 50. It's normally based off the 100 metres, which is where I struggle, because it's, most of the time you still have to have a decent 100 to be able to go to these events, um, which is where why I've never gone before, I think. Um, my 50 metres, I'm definitely good enough to be there in final. I think, I think, was it World... Champs maybe 2019, I think. I think I'd have come away with a silver medal if I'd have been there. Um, but like I say, wasn't on that team because my hundred isn't there. So.
0: so it sounds as if there's a lot of politics that go into who gets selected. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, it's 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 definitely not just a straight line. Um definitely not you just you do the trials and if you win, you go in. And if if you don't, you're not going. It's it's a lot more complex than that. In some cases, it is that simple. In some cases, it's it's um, it's not that easy. It's like when I went to European Championships um, in 2018, I didn't. I think I came third overall in the 100 breaststroke, so technically I shouldn't have. I don't think I should have been on the team. I can't remember the exact rules and stuff. Um, But I ended up getting selected for the team, um, and ended up being second fastest Brit on the 100. So I went through to the semi-finals for that and then did the 50 meter breaststroke and came second overall so got the medal but it's it's just having that chances i guess like that that gamble sometimes
0: okay so you've mentioned the isl a few times obviously i know what it is from speaking to you beforehand but for matt and everyone else who's listening can you explain what the isl is
2: okay so it's quite complicated um it's very new so we're only on the third year of it um currently as i speak now but basically to international swimming league and that's got set up to turn swimming from an amateur sport into a professional sport so it's where all the swimmers get paid for going um, so if you go to an olympic games if you go to a world championships you don't get paid for swimming it's like almost like amateur boxing and pro boxing amateur boxing you'd box with gb and then pro boxing is when you get all your big money fights so essentially that's what that's what's happened in swimming um So for the ISL, the first year, there was only eight teams. This year and last year, there's now 10 teams. um, That consists, I think, each team's allowed up to like 30 swimmers, I think. Um, But on the day, you can only race 12 of each gender. So 12 women, 12 men um, will race. So you've got a team of 24 for, for every team. But it's just, it's completely international. So this year, I'm competing for the LA current team. Um, which is an American-based team um, but we've got 18 different countries there so 18 different nationalities so it's pretty crazy on a team of probably 30 athletes we've got 18. so
1: quite a big mix of like kind of personalities in the team I can imagine.
2: Oh 100% yeah it's it's so much fun because every team I've been on so the first two years I was part of Energy Standard we actually won the first year so that was pretty cool but every like it's just so much so much diversity you've got people who can't speak English. Obviously, I can't speak, like, Russian or any other language, really. So it's cool when you sat, sat around a dinner table. Everyone's just got their phones out trying to, like, Google Translate as much as possible. And, yeah, it's
1: fun. So going on to kind of training, obviously, you said about kind of what you do doing when you're in the water. Um, what do you kind of – what's your training like in the gym? You said, obviously, when you do kind of pre-swim, you do kind of more explosive movement then. Is that the same as your training? or?
2: um definitely in the gym it kind of matches what phase we're on in the pool so um we used to have like a typical winter cycle which is no more for me really when isl is on because that's when isl is on but you'd usually have a bit where you just build a base in the pool so you'd be doing a lot of meters in the pool and that means in the gym you'd kind of get your big base done there where you maybe learn all your new lifts that you don't know already that you're going to need for the cycle typically you'd probably do a few more reps and just get that endurance going um and then similarly, when you get when it comes to racing time in the water, that's when the gym will turn into more of your explosive, trying to get your strength, up, trying to get that power up, and just trying to utilise everything, everything that you've got.
1: So, what sort of lifts give us kind of one or two that you kind of enjoy doing in the gym as well that you might do? Um,
2: quite like uh, the power cleans that we've been doing, um, the push press. Uh, Joe taught me a new push press technique, which I really like doing now. Yeah, I quite like that. That's, that's changed it for me. I do like that push press. Um, I like anything kind of body weight as well. I love I love my pull-ups. Um, Obviously, you can weight them, but I do love a pull-up and just your typical, like, kind of movement jumps. They're, they're a few of my favourites, yeah.
0: So I know you've been at a few different swim clubs, obviously at Winchester now, uh, but before that, you were somewhere up north, is that right?
2: Yeah, so um, I was at Loughborough for a few years, so I started off um, at the National Centre in Loughborough which is run by British Swimming um, and then I left the British Swimming National Centre and moved just to the Loughborough University squad so until I was at Loughborough for getting on nearly four years I think three or four years.
0: And do you find that when you go to different clubs that each coach has a slightly different philosophy of training?
2: Oh definitely every I think I've moved quite a bit. So I obviously um, started off at a more local club, which um, was Da Vinci XL, which is where I kind of just grew up and I was there for a very long time. And um, before I moved to Loughborough, you'll just notice, obviously I, you change as you get older anyway. So training is bound to change. But every time I've gone somewhere different, it's definitely just an eye opener. It's, it's really fresh um, just going and seeing how other places train.
0: I imagine it's quite nice and getting different philosophies from different coaches um, probably in the pool balls so in the gym as well. You might've had a strength coach before that taught you one thing and then you've had someone else that's taught you something else. Have you found that you've improved or learned more through these different coaches or has it been a hindrance to your training?
2: Um, I mean, personally, I don't know how much people like the fact that I've moved around a lot in terms of outside perspective, but personally I, I've loved it. Like I've definitely learned a lot from it. Um, I think as an athlete myself, I think I probably know know a lot. I'm not someone who will just turn up to training and just go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I kind of understand what's going on. I'll ask, um, and I think that is because I've moved around quite a lot and had different like people's perspectives and ideas. Like I've had to, I can't just train for the sake of training. Like I need to know why and understand it. Um, so I think having a lot of different people's opinions and ideas has just like helped me develop who I am and know what works for me what doesn't work for me what I may be like doing but what I need to do what I don't like and stuff like that so I think as an, as an actual athlete I think I'm actually quite switched on to what kind of like my body.
0: I guess for, for you and I might as well being PTs you'd rather a client that asks questions I mean it's probably easier if they just get on with it.
1: <laughs> yeah it's, it's nice to show they kind of want to know why they're doing as well because it gives you kind of you can see they're there, not just for the sake of i need to go to the gym it's i'm going to gym and i'm doing this or i'm doing that i'm learning this it's i like it on my client side why it's nice to be challenged as well because you yeah. can then say we're doing this for this reason you'll feel it in this muscle or sometimes you leave it really short and simple and they then say well oh, i feel it here perfect if you don't feel it there what can we change so As coaches, we quite like being challenged. Um, The more, the better, I would say. So always keep challenging your coach as much as you can. Um, But yeah.
0: (laughs) Can't wait for that. (laughs) I guess you mentioned right at the start that you're a professional athlete. Yep. You, You act in a professional way. So that would be asking the questions. And I guess that links into what you were saying earlier about the younger athletes that are probably just swimming for the sake of swimming, who end up being good from a young age they kind of fall off around that 16 17 18 mark because they're not necessarily wanting to do it they were just doing it because they were good at the time whereas you've almost come the other way where you were okay when you were younger but you applied yourself and you wanted to work in the older or later stages and now you're actually asking questions and improving yeah
2: definitely like it's I mean it's very easy to kind of be that almost robot when you're younger um your body's pretty much invincible when you're younger you don't you don't get as sore, and you can kind of just keep going when you're younger. So it's easy just to be told what to do and just you know bump up and down that pool and just keep going. Whereas I think as an older athlete, you need to work towards your body. And everyone, every single person is different. Another 50 meter breaststroker will train completely different to me, and something will work differently for them. Um, so I definitely think always I'm always challenging and always wanting to know why. It also makes it easier if you know you're doing something for this reason then it's like justified whereas sometimes I think why would I put myself through hell just to if it's not going to make a difference like when you're talking hundreds of seconds makes a difference everything in training has got to be bang on so
1: so you said we've spoken about training stuff what about recovery what's kind of view what would you do to recover from the was in the pool or was it, I was in the gym
2: I mean I do a lot of napping <laughs> I yeah. think sleep's critical for me especially being a swimmer, you know, you've got very early mornings, um, especially when you've been doing it since you was nine, like I have been mean, getting up at four, five o'clock <laughs> for also 13 years of my life. You know, that's kind of normal now. So definitely after like I've finished school um and college, like it's been a lot easier to recover because I'm not getting up at four training, going straight to school, coming straight back from school and going back to training. So I've now got that time of the day where I can sleep, I get massages and physio quite a lot. Um, I've got like my own kind of physio tools at basic level to just try and help myself recover. So yeah, let's try and keep on top of things that way really.
1: Is that like a foam roller or like a massage ball type thing We you say the basic tools?
2: Yeah. So I've got, I've got like your foam roller, like I've got a vibrating foam foam roller, which I find is really handy. Got like all your kind of balls. Um, and then I've got a cupping set as well. So if my, if my quads are feeling a bit sore after gym, I can stick a few of them on and just try and help make, do the best I can really because yeah. obviously now, like, I don't get anything funded, so I don't get to go to physio for free, or I don't get sports massages for free like I did when I was at um Loughbrook. So I'm out of that like center base now, so it's obviously quite expensive. Um, so I just try and do the most I can myself, really.
0: And what about things like nutrition? Is that something you pay close attention to?
2: Um, in cat, not <laughs> specifically, yeah, like. I kind of just listen to my body a lot of the time um around racing I think definitely like that's critical then especially just for your weight so you're like the best weight for you to perform and stuff like that but I think in general like all my food's healthy like I'll often I cook all my food I don't very often go out midweek and just get a meal and so all my I'd say all my main meals are healthy um but I am partial to like a biscuit after morning training or before I go to bed and stuff like that. But I think that's all human. I think when I'm some some days I'll be training for four hours. I think that's that that's not normal. So it's like you can sort of get away with eating a few treats if you fancy it. But on a whole, I'd say I'm fairly healthy. But certainly do just listen to my body. If I'm hungry, then I'll eat more kind of thing.
0: I imagine though you're burning a lot of calories in the pool, especially if you're doing a two-hour swim session.
2: Yeah, definitely. When you've got some big like two hour sessions where you're probably fitting in five or six kilometers you know that's for me that's quite a long way to run never mind to swim so um you certainly are definitely burning them calories so it's it's you just have to listen to your body and especially with gym as well like that can take a toll on kind of your weight and side of things so it's all just like I say it comes down to that profession like being a professional you've got to know your own body and how how things work. You know, some people would look at my diet and think, wow, that's low. So like, how are you getting away with that? And some people would be like, how do you train off such little? So, it's all just different and finding what works for you.
0: Yes, I think that's the, the key to it, is doing what works best for you, as you said. So, you mentioned that you've just come back from ISL. Have you got any uh, upcoming competitions that you're excited about?
2: Yeah, so I've got the second round to the ISL this season. Um, so, I've just come back from the first one. First stage, which I guess was your prelims kind of thing, so we started off with ten teams. Um, the bottom two teams have been eliminated. Thankfully, that's not us. We came fifth overall from the first stage, so we move on to the next one, which is in November time. Um, so in Eidhoven. um, so that'll be fun. I think we're out there for about three weeks for the essentially what is the semi-finals. So the top four teams from that competition will then move on to the final of the uh, ISL.
0: And is it like a points reset as you go into the semi-finals or the points carry over from the first round?
2: Uh, no, complete reset. So everyone starts from zero again. Um, and it's just a matter of, I think we, I think we race every team this time. Um, I think LA raced every team last in last time, but I think just with how it works, not every team ends up racing everyone. So this time every team races every team and yeah, it's going to be tough. <laughs>
0: how confident do you feel going into that?
2: Uh, I think quite confident, really. Um, Through the last ISL, we did four matches every single match. I got consecutively quicker um, and I did a lot of racing for me. Like I did eight lots of the 100-metre breaststroke, which uh, is quite unheard of for me. I did a lot of the 100 breaths and I normally dread going into those because, like I say, it's not my event I'm comfortable in, but I had to be comfortable in it because I was doing two of them every single match and literally every match I got quicker through doing that and I've just learned. kind of learnt how to race that 100 brushstroke again and kind of learnt how to enjoy it. So I think for the next round, I'll hopefully just have remembered that and carried that on so I can start off the semi-finals where I left off um, the first lot.
0: So I guess in this month off, it's just kind of maintaining where you're at in the pool, in the gym and just keep yourself ticking over between now and when do you fly out again?
2: Uh, Fly out on the 9th of November.
0: Okay, so just under a month before you go so now it's just a case of just maintaining where you're at and hopefully for you it's actually picking up where you left off a couple of weeks ago did you hit any pbs when you were last there
2: um no actual individual pbs but i did my fastest ever um relay split for 100 breaststroke so that was my first time going under 65 seconds so i went 64 in the relay um which is great for me i've not been down at those like even my individual times i've not been down at those times for a few years now so it was a really like positive end to, to the isl even on the 50 stroke, that was like my last 50 breast was just 0.1 um off my best so definitely getting down there i'd quite like to sneak a few best times if i could in this next one
0: yeah well i've, I've seen you work in the gym so i don't see why you, why it's not possible mm. so what what's next after isl
2: um, after ISL, obviously we see about the final. We don't know if we'll make that. We don't know when that is as of yet. But after that, it will be training for the Commonwealth Trials, um, which I think are in April the trials will be. So that's that's the next thing on the list then is sort of you get rid of your short course racing, go to the long course racing, which is typically a little bit harder. Um, you obviously swim for a little bit longer time when it's long course. Um, so that, that's what's next is just trying to get myself on that Commonwealth team.
0: And is that similar to the Olympics where you have to qualify for that? Or certain times to hit?
2: Yeah, yeah. So there's certain times to hit. Um, so that's already been published, like the times to hit for that. The 50-metre breaststroke, like I'm already under that time. Um, I can't remember exactly what the time is, but I should quite comfortably reach yeah. that time. Um, so I hope, for, but obviously it comes down to your placing and everything else at like the trials. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, if it's going to be a home game, so the, hopefully it'd be nice to go and do the, maybe the 100 breaths as well. So for that trial, I'll definitely be focusing on both events.
0: And I know we probably should know, but I definitely don't know. Uh, when is the Commonwealth Games this, next year? <laughs> <Apparently> <laughs> I mean, should I should probably <laughs> know as well. <laughs>
2: um, I'm going to know, guess summertime. Is near- it in
0: uh, Birmingham? All right.
2: Yeah, yeah. So I'm know, going to say about uh,
0: July. That's a massive guess, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> that's
2: yeah. where normally the majors are. I think are in July,
0: but so basically, keep an eye out between June and September. <laughs> and September. <laughs> uh, no, it was just before August. August. Hopefully, see you on there. So, um, before we finish up, have you got any bits of advice for any young swimmers starting out that want to get into the position that you're in?
2: Oh, yes, I think my main thing to pass down to like the younger generation is just to absolutely love it. Nothing else is going to get you up at four o'clock in the morning and to do a sport where essentially you might not talk to someone for two hours because you has just submerged. I think that my main thing is just to absolutely love what you're doing and just to stay curious the whole time. Simple. <laughs> yes.
1: Saying that, what, what advice would you give yourself maybe five ten years ago now when you kind of started swimming or like you were halfway through what advice would you give yourself now do you learn
2: I'd, I'd say the exact same thing is just to keep enjoying it I think that that's, that's just the key thing in life for me I think is the fact that, if, that you're healthy and happy I think they're the only two things essentially that matter so I think you know I think back to maybe a few years ago when I was getting stressed by swimming and maybe wasn't enjoying it as much And I think why would you why put yourself through that it's why do this if you're not going to enjoy it? You know, it's not always about that end goal of, oh, I've done all these years where I've hated swimming, but finally I've got my Olympic medal. For me, I don't see it like that. I think I'd rather come away without an Olympic medal, but have loved my last 10, 15, what maybe 20 years of my life. So,
0: yeah. Enjoying the process, not the outcome.
2: Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I guess
0: my final question on on the theme of advice is, what do you think, or what advice do you think Imogen, 10 years in the future, would give to you now?
2: ten years in the future, probably not. Probably not to stress about timing. I think. I mean, now for me is quite an awkward time in my career. You know, I'm 22. I'm not one of the oldies yet, but I'm similarly not 16. So it kind of becomes that pressure to like kind of perform well now, or it's never going to kind of happen. And then realistically, you look at some of the best winners in the world now, and they're clocking on 30. And I think, I think the advice that probably the later me would pass down would be just not to stress just to keep taking everything in my stride and just keep enjoying life really it's
0: funny because every time I ask that question normally it's the same mm-hmm. same answer just don't stress which is ironic because everyone tends to stress anyway yeah. <laughs> you will know what to do everyone tends to say I won't stress and then I can guarantee you I'll probably chat to you next week and you'll be stressed about something but that's a separate <laughs> uh, <Okay. laughs> um, Matt any words of wisdom for the people listening today
1: no, it's been quite interesting. It's been nice to learn more about, more, more, more than just doggy paddle. I think that was kind of my but um, no, it's been good. Thank you for coming on. There um, yeah, no words of wisdom today, actually. Well, oh.
2: well, if you do teach
1: in any foggy legs.
0: <laughs> See, we won't even know what that is.
2: Right.
1: Froggy legs. Um, Fresh stroke. <laughs> I can swim. I used to do it a bit when I was a bit younger.
0: I've made the mistake of promising people that I'd go swimming with them at some point. <laughs> And now they they think I'm actually going to do it, and I'm worried because... I'm
1: still waiting for that J.O. now. (laughs) It was was quite a while ago.
0: I go swimming with you, Matt, but the people I've promised are actual swimmers. swimmers. (laughs) Um, And I'm sure people like Imogen didn't laugh, but I know there's some younger people that would definitely laugh at me.
2: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's clock ticking. (laughs) Catch me in the pool soon. Um, Imogen, thank you very much for your time. No,
2: thank you for having me.
0: All the best for the future. Uh, Thank you for everyone listening and we'll catch you in the next one. Goodbye.